0: Dear Heaven, Father, Lord God, this morning as we have come before you, Lord, Father, we ask that you will search our hearts, you will search our minds, you will search our thoughts, Lord God, and, and Father, I pray that, that, Lord, you will hear the prayer requests that, that are mentioned on our hearts and minds, Lord God. Father, I know that your will needs to be done, so Father, we ask that your will is done in our requests, Lord God. Father, I also ask this morning as we open up your holy word, Lord, I pray that 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 field will be prepared in our hearts to receive your word, Lord, that we may be able to grow by your word. Father, I pray this morning that ultimately you will receive the praise, honor, and glory for this day. But Lord, if there's one here that does not know you as their personal Savior this morning, I pray that this morning you will just lay it on their heart to, to call out to you, Lord God. There is no greater day for salvation than today, because your word tells us that today is the day of that salvation. So, so Father, I just pray right now that you'll be with us. Father, I pray that there is no sin, no iniquity, anything hid within us, Lord God, that may hinder your word from reaching its intended target today. Father, if there's any sin or iniquity hidden within me, that will prevent me from being used to deliver your word this morning, Lord. I pray that you'll first and foremost forgive me. Father, I pray that you'll speak through me, that they may hear you and see you, that they may not not hear a word that I say, but may they hear the words that you say to their hearts. Father, thank you for today. Thank you for your blessings. And it's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. So this morning, uh, as I said, I I sort of missed being here last week, and I had a great time. and, And I'll be honest with you, on the ride down last Friday... My wife and I joke about it, uh, even even now this morning, coming here this morning, but the Lord was laying a message on my heart this, this past Friday as we were traveling down to North Carolina. And I don't really have a title for this morning's message as of yet. I've been thinking about it, and I was joking with my wife, and, and I said, are you caffeinated or are you decaffeinated? Uh, because the Lord was laying on my heart, a message, and it was, it was just a thought, basically, but I was thinking about decaffeinated coffee. Um, and, and if any of y'all know me, I love coffee. I love the taste of coffee. I can drink it. It could be 100 degrees outside, I'm drinking coffee. Or it could be negative 100, I'm still going to be drinking coffee. I love my coffee. Um, I love the leaded stuff, the regular coffee, the caffeinated coffee. And, and I was thinking about decaffeinated coffee and how decaffeinated coffee is it looks like regular coffee it smells like regular coffee it tastes like regular coffee but it's not regular coffee and in in my thinking on that it's sort of like how satan is if you think about it satan It's just like decaffeinated coffee. Or he acts or works in a way that's just like decaffeinated coffee. He makes things look good. He makes things sound good. If we're talking about coffee, he makes it taste good. He even makes it look just like the original. So that he can get a claw in there and deceive you into thinking that you're actually getting what you wanted. With that being said. One of the first ways that deception came into being was when Satan tempted Eve in the Garden of Eden. He tempted her by taking this apple. I know it's the forbidden fruit, but we we associate it with an apple. Or some people even like to associate it with chocolate. But anyway, whatever it was, it could have been a passion fruit. It could have been whatever. But he took this and he said, look at this. Doesn't it look good? Now we know that God, that was the only thing that God had prevented them from, do, from eating. He said, don't it look good? Surely God won't punish you if you partake in this. It looks good. It tastes good here. Take you a bite of it. I mean, I can almost see it right now. Satan coercing Eve into accepting this. Another way, God instituted sex. Sex is designed to be used for marriage. God said that sex in the marriage bed is a good thing. What does Satan do? Sex is good in the bed, in the marriage bed, but Satan says no. It's not only good there; it's good with somebody who's not your spouse. It's getting more rampant today, but not only has Satan made it to where people. Be- Go under and see how good sex is in the marriage bed. But now it's sex in adultery or fornication. Now it's gone as far as saying sex with the same sex is also good. See how Satan has has taken things and he has twisted it. He's taken what God made perfect and he's made it imperfect by twisting it around. Making us believe that this sex outside of marriage is going to be as good as sex inside the marriage. Just like decaf coffee. I know there's a lot of people that drink decaf, and my wife was getting on me about it this, this morning because even though it's decaf, it is technically still coffee. I call it a lie. I call it, it's not coffee. It doesn't have my caffeine in it. It's a lie. But it's still coffee. But it's not what was meant to be. When coffee was originally made, it wasn't made decaf. It was made caffeinated. They Through chemical processes and things like that, they've removed the caffeine from the coffee. Just like Satan, how he twists everything to make it, in his eyes, better. And I'll get to where I'm going with this. But if you have your Bibles, turn in your Bible to John chapter 8. And we're going to be looking... And I told my wife this morning, and and I'll share with you, we're going to be looking at basically three verses. But we're going to expound upon those three verses. John chapter 8, beginning in verse 30, it says, As he spoke these things, many believed on him. Then he said to those Jews which believed on him, If you continue in my word, then are you my disciples indeed. And you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. i tell you, looking through Scripture, and I'll get to it here in a second, but there's only two categories. You're either a believer or you're an unbeliever. And I'll expound upon that here in just a second. But getting back to our text, Jesus says that if you are His disciple... If you believe in him and you're his disciple, you're going to know the truth. Well, we know just a few short chapters over in John 14, 6, he says that I am the way, the truth, and the life. See, here's the thing. Jesus came to proclaim truth to us, but the truth that he proclaims leads us to life. He says that he is that truth. He says that he is that life. So he came to proclaim that truth to us so that we could have life and not only just have life, but have it more abundantly. Anywhere there's truth, there's got to be untruth. Anywhere there's life, there's got to be death. The Bible tells us, just a couple sentences down, verse 44 of John chapter 8, it says, You are of your father, the devil, and the lust of your father you will do. He was a murderer from the beginning and abode not in the truth, because there is no truth in him. When he speaketh a lie, he speaketh of his own. For he is a liar and the father of it. And because I tell you the truth, you believe me not. You see it's so much easier to believe an untruth, it's so much easier to be deceived when we're not digging into God's word. God's word tells us that for us to know the truth and for us to understand the truth, we got to dig into his word. 2 Timothy chapter 2 verse 15 says that we are to study the word And I'm paraphrasing this. It says we are to study the word of God so that we can understand the word. So that we might be able to introduce the word. So that we might be able to share the word. But most importantly, I believe the reason why we have this charge is so that we will know truth. So that when Satan is attacking us... Just like Ephesians chapter six, the belt of truth, we know that when Satan is attacking us, that he is going to use the truth, God's word, as he did with Jesus in Mark or Matthew chapter four, he tempted Jesus in the wilderness. And Jesus was coming to him and, and they were talking, and Satan said, Is it written? And God said, or Jesus said, Yes it's written, but man shall not live by bread alone. Man not, shall not tempt the Lord thy God. So when Satan was using truth to tempt Jesus, Jesus used that same truth the way it was meant to be. Rightly divided. And he gave it back to Satan. And he says, Satan, yes, you have a little bit of truth there. And let me, let, let, let me say this. 95% truth and 5% untruth is a 100% lie. I'll say that one more time. 95% truth, 5% untruth, equals 100% lie. Because if you're not speaking the truth, you're lying according to God's Word. Remember I said, there's only two ways. You're either a believer, you're either a believer or an unbeliever. You're either telling the truth, or you're telling a lie. There is no middle ground here you know satan's going to attack us his main job his his whole entire being is to prevent us from serving god to being a witness to god to keep us from heaven first john chapter 4 beginning in verse 1 and again i will paraphrase but it tells us that we are to try the spirits so that when we are tempted by things that seem too good to be true And we know, according to history, that when things seem to be too good to be true, nine times out of ten they are. But we are to try the spirits. We are to try what, and I say try, I don't mean try as in doing. I mean try as in putting it in fire. Making sure. See if what is going on is actually really what it says. I have to be careful with that word try. Because that word try, if I was to talk about, again, getting back to... At the beginning, sex. We know that sex in marriage is good. But if we were to try not to test, to make sure that it's the only way. We are. We know according to Scripture. We are to try everything through Scripture. So therefore, or we are to... Form everything through Scripture. So therefore, if Satan tells us, hey, you can have a better time, you can live a grander life, you can do so much more by doing this outside of God's Word, outside of the home, outside doing whatever it may be, we can look to God's Holy Word and see that He says, thou shalt not commit adultery. It says in Peter that the undefiled bed Marriage bed is a great thing. There is so much that Satan will use against us. His main objective, like I said, was to steal, kill, and destroy. He does that one of three ways. He'll attack us by the lust of the eyes, he's going to make it look good. He's going to tell us, Yes, yeah, sure, it looks good. It tastes good. It's right for you. Decaf coffee. He's going to hit us with the lust of the flesh. Yes, it's healthy for your body. You shouldn't have it. You can do all kinds of things because it feels good. Has no harm to it. You know, right now there's a great controversy over smoking. Drinking alcohol. Smoking marijuana. They're talking about passing laws to allow it to be legalized to smoke marijuana. i tell you, from a past of being an alcoholic, living with family members who have smoked marijuana, has been alcoholics, I can tell you, it's not good for you. It's a lust of the flesh. It's something that temporarily takes away a feeling that you have. It's something that temporarily gives you an excitement (laughs) But it will wash away. It will go away. The joy that these extracurricular activities may bring that are temporary are nothing to, compare, to be compared to the joy that we can only receive through Jesus Christ in that relationship with Him. And then lastly, the pride of life. Oh, so many men, women, and children out there today, they want to be number one. We push to be number one. We strive to be number one. If we're in an an executive format, we want to start at the bottom. Well, actually, we don't even want to start at the bottom. We want to start at the top. We want to be El Chifo, Numero Uno, Head Guy, Up at the top, we don't care about any of the stuff down there. And if we start midway or we start at the bottom, we strive every day. We do whatever it takes to get us to the number one spot. Because with number one spot comes respect. I'll argue that one till the day I die. It does not bring respect. Nine times out of ten, out of every place I've ever worked, out of every place I've ever been, the one that's on top is nine times out of ten, the most unrespectful person there is. And they're also the un, unrespected person, because they forgot the steps they've taken to get there. They forgot the work that it took. and nine times out of 10, when you're top, when your pride is so much and you're number one, you're not looking at nobody else, because you're great, you're the greatest. So that's how Satan attacks us. He wants us to think. But see, here's the thing. that's the one thing. that's the thing that got Satan kicked out of heaven, His pride. He thought that he could be equal or better than God. When in reality, he's not. I know this sounds like a lot of jumbled up stuff this morning. But the bottom line is this. There's only two categories. You're either a believer or an unbeliever. You're either saved or you're unsaved. You're either of Jesus or you're of Satan. There is no middle ground. There is no in between. The Bible tells us that for us to be saved, that we must call upon Jesus. We must profess profess him as Lord of our lives. If we choose not to accept Jesus, the Bible tells us that our father that doesn't confess Jesus the father of those who doesn't confess him is Satan which is not our Lord so this morning again I don't know where you stand I know it may seem like a jargled mess this morning but ultimately the question is are you saved? have you made that profession of faith have you called upon Jesus as your savior? Are you like the disciples and, and you're leaning and learning from His Holy Word? Or are you still walking the world thinking this world has something better to offer you? Are you looking to the things of this world thinking, I'll just wait till the last minute. Surely there will be one, uh, one more opportunity before Jesus calls me home and I'll confess Him at that time. The Bible tells us we're not guaranteed our next breath. And I'm not trying to scare anybody into salvation. Because if I, if I can scare you into salvation, then I'm going to lose you. You're going straight to hell. We're all in a mess. Because there is nothing in me that can save anybody. It's all by Jesus Christ. So this morning, I ask you, if you've never accepted Christ, let this be the day that you come to know Him. Maybe there's something hindering your walk with Him. I ask that you confess your sins before him and be made right and walk with him in only a way that he can walk with you. Let us pray. Dear Heavenly Father, God, I just come before you now, Lord. Father, I pray that I have spoken the words that you would have me to speak. Father, I pray that the Lord, your hand will be upon this message. Father, I pray that. Lord, you will touch those in here. That Lord, if they've never accepted you as their Savior, Father, I pray that today that they will not get a moment of rest and will not get a moment of ease where they are not comfortable, Lord, that they may call out to you. Just as Peter said when he was drowning in the water, after walking towards Jesus, he turned his back and and he started to sink and, and he hollered out, Jesus, save me! Father, you tell us in, your, in Romans that all we must do is call upon the name of the Lord. Jesus, I pray that today we will call upon your name. Father, if there's anyone in here that has never accepted you as their Savior, I pray that you'll touch them. But Father, if there's those who have walked in this world, Lord, they've turned their back on you, they've broken fellowship with you, Lord God, and they're walking in the darkness, Lord, I pray that this morning You will lay a little light upon their life, Lord, that they may see enough to call out to You, confess their sins, and be washed clean. Father, I pray that we will all stand before You this day as clean vessels for Your choosing and for Your using. For it's in Jesus' name I pray, Amen. And can we sing, It is well with my soul? Most definitely pages there 260